0: Awesome. Welcome to those who are watching online. Great to have you with us, joining in with us from all over the world. And uh, I know you're going to enjoy today. Well, it's been a great series, a lot to take in, but then uh, you're mature people. We expect you to be able to take in things. And i like you to get a big picture and then get the practical. If you don't get the practical, then you don't really know how to do anything. But if you don't get the big picture, you don't know why you're doing it. So you have to have both. And uh, so there's so many things we could share. I want to share this uh, message, uh, last in that series of four. I want to share a message called Sons Are Led by the Spirit of God. Sons are led by the Spirit. So in spite of what you may think, everyone's being led, it's just a decision as to what is leading you in the decisions and direction of your life. Here's the key verse. If you remember, this one verse, it says here in Romans 8 verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so we just wanna open up the word. When he's talking about leading, he means to guide or direct. Those who are guided or directed by the Spirit of God. It means to motivate by bringing an influence onto someone. So the Holy Spirit, moves us, brings an influence upon our life that'll guide us and lead us. It means uh, to take with one to a destination. So when it says we're being led by the spirit, he is taking us on a destination. He's taking us in a direction that God has purposed for our lives. How are you ever gonna know where to go if you don't listen to the Holy Spirit? You just come up with your own plan. How's that working out for you? not <laughs> always work that good. Uh, it means to, to lead or guide someone by attaching to them as someone there to help them. So that's the, what it, when we talk about being led by the Spirit of God. We will break it down, it's very, very simple. It's not complex at all. If it was complex, then ordinary people couldn't do it. If it was simple, then everyone could do it. Okay, so, so therefore to be led by the Spirit means to be guide or directed, means to allow him to move you or influence you in a certain direction. It means to follow him or let him lead you to the destination he has for your life. That'll vary for everyone, but it'll have some things in common. It means to, to, to respond to someone that's with you all the time. How about that? So Holy Spirit then is given as your coach, Everyone's got their own coach, you just gotta listen to him. Isn't that the trouble? (laughs) Listen to your coach. Uh, The Holy Spirit is a tutor, personal tutor. You don't say you haven't got anyone or you don't know anything, you got the Holy Spirit to teach you. You you don't have to be smart, you just gotta be a good listener and have a humble heart. And uh, so the Holy Spirit is our companion. And uh, so he's with us. Jesus said uh, in John 14, he said, the spirit that's been with you will now soon be in you. Now, we're going to look at that in a moment. He'll be within you. So when you got born again, God himself came to dwell within you. Got a reason for doing that. And uh, so if the Holy Spirit is going to lead us, then he's going to be a friend we need to get to know. If you want the Holy Spirit to lead you, become a friend of the Holy Spirit and then we're gonna get with the how. Okay, so let me just put something in here, what it doesn't mean. We need to shift some stuff, because people often encounter in Christianity some of the weirdest things in the world. (laughs) Some weird stuff. So being led by the Spirit, I wanna say first of all what it doesn't mean, then what it does mean, okay? And then we're gonna look at a biblical pattern and then show you the how. Okay then, so what it does not mean, he will not tell you what to do in every part of your life. You're not gonna tell, God told me this, God told me the to other, he's not gonna be like that. God does not tell you what to do in every part of your life, you see, because he wants you to be responsible for your life. He may remind you, he may speak to you at a certain times, he's not gonna be interrupting your life to tell you what to do all the time. He expects you to grow up and take responsibility for your part in it. He will not control everything. Oh, the Holy Ghost made me do it. No, that's nonsense. He didn't make anyone do anything. He does not control us in our actions or decisions. You're the one who are in control. If you made a decision, you made a decision. Own it. Don't go blaming it on God. That's what immature that's what people do. So he, the Holy Spirit won't lead you to behave uh, weirdly. He doesn't, he, he's not into weirdness, although when he manifests, weird stuff happens. <laughs> but he's not gonna cause you to be weird or unwise. In fact, if you're following the Holy Spirit, your decisions and your life will show evidence of wisdom and good fruit. The wisdom from above is gentle and peaceable and open to reason, easily entreated. See? So, so he's not gonna treat you, he's gonna cause you to behave really weirdly and uh, unwisely and then say, but the Lord told me. No, he didn't tell you that was something you got wrong. Yeah. You're not taking responsibility, you made the decision. Getting the idea. and. And in spite of what people think, he doesn't lead us primarily through prophecies. If you're basing your lives on prophecies, that's a mistake. It will lead you to problems. He speaks to us internally and confirms it through prophecy. So be very careful about letting someone with a prophetic gift Tell you where you should go and what you should do with your life. The prophetic gift, a gift of prophecy, is for use for encouraging, exhorting, but not telling you what to do and where to go and who to marry and what business to start. Okay? And he will not lead you by your feelings. Oh, my feel. No, oh, no, no. You're not going to lead us like that by emotional feelings. He, he's not going to lead you that way or he's not going to lead you by circumstances. That's the thing a lot of people, oh, look good, must be God. No, it can look really bad and it's still God. It's it's nothing to do with circumstances. You've got to understand the Holy Spirit does primarily not lead us from outside us. In the Old Testament, Gideon put out a fleece. So you hear this expression, put out a fleece. What he did was he wasn't sure. He didn't have the Spirit of God dwelling in him. He wasn't confident. He was fearful. And so he put out and asked the Lord to give him an external sign. But that's not how we're to live. That's the Old Testament when you don't have the Holy Spirit within you. You don't go doing that now like you're living in the Old Testament. So so, it doesn't mean that. What it does mean is it does mean this, that you engage in a personal, intimate relationship with Holy Spirit. How can you be led by someone you're not listening to? He is dwelling within you, therefore everything going on within you is affecting that relationship. And uh, you develop sensitivity. You become sensitive to when he's moving. You say, how do you know? Well, over time, you get to recognize. Like a mother, you, you've never been, been in a room of crying babies. And one mother will say, that's my baby crying. You think, how, they, how can you know that's your baby crying? There's heaps of babies crying. No, I know the sound. I recognize the voice. Or if you've anyone try to prank you and they, they ring up and they, they, they speak to you over the phone and, uh, and they try and pull a stunt on you and pretend to be someone else, yeah, I know, I recognize that voice. You know the sound of the voice. Jesus said, My sheep will know my voice. I, had someone, I was an American, someone rang me out and I thought, Is there Sean Connery here? I thought, Sean Connery, what's he doing ringing me? But it wasn't him, it was someone imitating him. <laughs> Pastor Jürgen, <laughs> who does lots of imitations like that, especially on the phone. So, so what it means is you can't be led if you're not willing to follow. You, you, you can't be led if you're not willing to follow. So I want you to understand it. it's not weird, it's not way out there, it's not some kind of thing where you lose responsibility or don't think or don't engage. Being led by the Spirit is something very practical. It requires that you build an intimate relationship with him and maintain the relationship and guard it. It means that you develop sensitivity so you become aware when he's prompting you, speaking you or guiding you, warning you. It means you learn to surrender and yield willingly as an act of trust. So being led by the Spirit is a voluntary surrender to trust him because he loves you. The core of it is trust. And so you, you can't be led anywhere you're not willing to go. It's as simple as that. So don't kind of make your own decisions and then blame it on the Holy Ghost afterwards and say, he led me there. No, he didn't, yeah. it was your decision and now you're blaming someone else like Adam did, okay? So, so the Holy Spirit therefore will lead you and direct you but he won't control you. The, the decision is always left up to you. And uh, his nature is gentle, so he's not gonna control you, not gonna pressure you or force you. So when, when when you are led by the Spirit, you are voluntarily submitting to his authority, that he knows bigger and better than you do. He knows more than you do, and by following his leading, you're submitting to him. That's what it looks like. You're submitting to his leadership. So when you're controlled by someone, you're obliged to do something, you have got little free will in it. So if you're led by the spirit, you're voluntarily yielding control to him. But if you're controlled by someone, then you, you feel obliged or pressure, had to do it. And a lot of people live their life, ought to's, must do's, have to's. All of that is not being led by the spirit, that's being led by something else, probably by legalism. So, so getting the idea that the Holy Spirit requires we be responsible, be sensitive, and learn to trust him and flow with his leadings, okay? Whereas the Holy Spirit leads, demons drive people. Lead, drive. Gently lead, drive. If you're driven, it's not the Holy Spirit. Anything that's got that drivenness in it, not the Holy Spirit. It's demons or the flesh or both. So here's here's a scripture, for example. We saw those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now look at this scripture. In Luke 8, 29, Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man and it often had seized him. He was kept under guard and he was bound with chains and shackles and he broke the bonds and he was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Notice that word driven. That word driven means to push someone to pressure someone. It's like you've got a heavy wind blowing you and you can't do anything because you've got no ability to, to, to uh, resist it. I used to see that down in Wellington. you get these heavy winds come down through Manor Street there. Man, you'd see people and they're on a 45 degree angle leaning into the wind. It's quite something to watch them. If they happen to have a big coat on and the wind catch them, then you'd see them get caught. Sometimes elderly people, you see them get caught and they're now up on their feet, and they're being driven by the wind. Quite a sight to see and quite funny, really. I know it's not funny, but it, I laughed. I thought, look, funny. <laughs> and if you're in a boat that's been driven by the wind and you've got no power, that's a real problem. I've been in one of those as well. Boat, we couldn't start the engine and the wind is driving us out to sea and I'm in the oars trying to pull back to shore. You could tell that that's called driven. It's a, it's a pressure. It's a force on you, and lots of things drive people. Demonic spirits drive people. So if you've got behavior that's driven or feels pressured, it's, it's demonic or it's of the flesh, just your old nature. Uh, so sometimes people are driven by their feelings. Some people are driven by negative thoughts. Some people are driven by mindsets. This is the way I think, I think, like that. Some people have got strongholds in their family. Well, we're like this. Our family's like this. This is who I am. No, it isn't who you are first thing the Holy Spirit does is tell you you become someone else we'll get to that in a moment when we look at what he does okay so so culture can drive people people can be driven by the culture of origin and I find for you got to understand that a lot of the ways New Zealanders behave or Pacifica people behave or Maori people behave is driven by culture which is influenced by spirits So you've got to discern in the culture what is from God and what needs to be redeemed. All cultures have got something good to offer. That's the gift to the nations, to the world. But there's parts have to be redeemed because they're demonized. That's every culture. And so in New Zealand, passivity is a big problem. Rejection is a big problem. Independence is a big issue. These move, these are forces that people don't even realize are guiding the way they operate. Never stop to think about it. You go to other cultures, you find they're quite different. Uh, We have, for example, in New Zealand, like a tall poppy syndrome where people tear down someone who's an achiever. Go to America, it's not like that at all. There, if you do something good, they say, good on you, mate. That's awesome. Great, go for it. Go as high as you can. New Zealand, say, who do you think you are? (laughs) Well, what is that? Well, I mean, what is that? That, that is a cultural force to bring mediocrity. It's a cultural force to stop excellence excelling. It's a cultural pressure that drives people. I, I, as a teacher, I can remember being in a class, and the predominant pressure among the, 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 that particular group was that failing was a good thing, and you were the kind of big deal in the class if you the lower the score you got. I said, what, what a recipe for failure, being driven by something designed to destroy you. People can't see it. So and we can be driven by fear, we're driven by media. If you follow the media and read a lot of the media, chances are your whole direction of your life will follow and the way you decide will eventually follow the course of media which is full of fear and distortions. We need, the, the news we need is what God is saying. That is the good news. Everything else, it's, an, it's a narrative, it's an opinion, okay? So some people driven by fear of being rejected. So all their decisions and the way they do life is on will the crowd like me or will people like me? Will I fit in? Will will people reject me? And so they're actually driven in their life by a spirit of fear. That's not being led by the spirit. Now you understand, if we're gonna be led by the spirit, he's got a pretty big job ahead because there's a lot of other things that are guiding us. And so he will work on those as we'll see in a moment. Okay then, so so the holy spirit's guidance when he guides you it's always going to be in harmony with his nature which is very gentle this is what jesus said in matthew 11:29: 29 take my yoke on you or my teaching my lifestyle and let me teach you let, learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you'll find rest for your souls so the holy spirit has the same nature as jesus And so if you're going to follow the Holy Spirit, you've got to let him teach you, and his nature is gentle and humble. See, gentle. Gentle means he doesn't boss people around and push people around. Really gentle, very gentle. And so gentle sometimes you may not recognize that's him because you're used to being bullied all the time by other things. So demonic forces in the flesh bully us, but the Holy Spirit gently leads us It's very, very gentle. So Jesus said, take my yoke on me. That means literally submit to my teaching and instruction how to do your life because I am very gentle and I'm very humble. And he said, and if you do this, you'll find rest for your souls. What does that mean? It means you won't be living anxious, uptight, having to take medications all the time. You won't be living stressed out life. You hear the common thing that people complain about is they're stressed out. Well, what happened to taking the yoke of Jesus on you? You're stressed out by something. Find out what it is and exchange it for surrender to the Holy Spirit and being led by the Spirit. You will find rest for yourself, you'll find it. You'll experience it after you've surrendered to his leading. You always get quiet on all these things. It's pretty self-evident. The scripture's really clear, isn't it? Tells you what to do. Tells you why to do it. And then it tells you result. There it is. So don't come all uptight and all anxious and bring your tensions and anxieties and stuff into the home and everywhere else. Bring them to the Lord and let them go. Learn how to drop into a place where you're surrendered and at peace with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know, it'll be like, a lot of guys come home and they're carrying all the junk from work into the home. Why would you do that? Everyone's been waiting for you all day to see you, and then you turn up and you're stressed out and not there. That's not right. That's not that's not loving. That's not being led by the Spirit. Okay. Alright then, so, so, so getting the idea, just give some introductory thoughts, and I'm going to show you the specifics of what to do, but I just want to give you a little bit of a bigger picture, because I want to know just the pattern in the Bible of this, and I'll show you briefly, then I want to show you where he will lead us, because he will lead us somewhere, he's not like unintentional, like, what do I do today? It's like God is very intentional in how He does everything. You should really get a hold of that. He's quite intentional, but He uses all sorts of things to get there. Okay, so the, so being led by the Spirit, the, uh, there's obviously there's examples of it. Now there's many examples of it. I'll just give you two. I want to take the example of Israel in the Old Testament and then Jesus in the New Testament because there's a big difference between them. Yet there's something they have in common. Okay, so Israel in the Old Testament. First of all, in Exodus 4.22, God calls Israel, which is a picture of the church, he calls Israel, my son. So he calls his people, my son. It's not a gender term as much as a relational function between a father and his child, and a father's need and desire and responsibility to provide guidance and protection and provision. You understand then when he calls us a son and he leads us, it's because he's a father. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of our father wanting to father us in life. Maybe you never had a father. but You still got the Holy Spirit. Learn how to let him father you. So they were lit. Now, how do they do it in the Old Testament? Well, I mean, a lot of people look back and say, man, I wish it was like that today. I'd love this. In Numbers 9.15, now, the day the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud of glory covered the tabernacle. From evening to morning, it was above the tabernacle, like the appearance of fire. Oh, isn't that something? And so it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whoa. Now, I want you to say, sometimes you've got to take a time to think about it, but they camped. On a journey. So they've got a destination God is leading them to, and now He needs to lead them there. So, how does He lead them? He literally manifests Himself in the form of a cloud. Now, that was the cloud of glory, it was a cloud of God's presence. Within the cloud was the Spirit of God. So, it was shimmering, it was glistening, it was full of gold, it was like something spectacular. and it came up over them and protected them from the heat of the sun. And then at night time when it was cold, it changed from being a cloud and become a column of fire. Oh, can you imagine watching as it changes from cloud? Let's get out there, Oh, there it goes, look. And then now as the sun goes down, now it's becoming a fire that can be seen everywhere. And so wherever you were in the camp, you look up and right there in the center of the camp, there's this column of fire. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Great column of fire. It's interesting, just as a side note, that the way they arranged all the tribes, if you were to have a a drone view, you would see the tabernacle where the cloud was on, and it's the center of a cross. The the nation actually camped, You, you get the numbers of the tribes and work it out, it turns out it's actually a cross. From the air, it looks like a cross. Very much like the cathedral where, where Queen Elizabeth uh, was, uh, had her funeral, if you look down from the top, it's in the form of a cross. It's taken from the Old Testament, taken from the pattern of the camp of Israel. Wow. So when they camped, they camped in the form of a cross. Then, notice what happens, they would move. And they moved, this is what called, how do you know when to move or where to move? Very simple, when the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after the children of Israel would journey. And the place the cloud settled, there they would place their tents. At the command of the Lord, they would journey. At the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained there, (coughs) camping. When the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, they kept the charge of the Lord and didn't travel. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they remained and camped. According to the command of the Lord, they would journey. So isn't that interesting? And so, whether it was two days, verse 22, if it's two days, a month, or a year the cloud remained, they would remain encamped and not journey. When it was taken up, they would journey. How about that? Now, isn't that something? So, so now you see now, this is what it was like for Israel. Every day when you got up, the cloud of God's presence is there, Stand like a mighty pillar shimmering with gold, a spectacular sight. And then some days, the cloud would come up and it would begin to move. And when they saw it moving, everyone had to camp. Everyone had to pack up your tent, pack up your tent, pack up your tent, we're on a move. And when the cloud stopped moving, that's where the camping site is. God provided the camping site, how about that? Camping site, they'd stop, they put up the tents. If it's two days, then it's two days. If it's six months, it's six months. Whatever, they followed the cloud. Now, you have to think of this. If they didn't follow the cloud, what would happen? No covering, no protection, no provision. You would be isolated from the body of God's people and what they're doing. You would not enter your destiny if you did not follow the cloud. Very, very important. A spectacular thing to see. Must have been wonderful to see it. You imagine standing there just looking, God himself in a flaming pillar of fire and he's gonna lead us and guide us. Oh, how awesome is that? And so here's the, here's the thing to, to take from. There's a lot of lessons you could learn from it. The simple thing is simply this. The cloud was the tangible visit presence of God. Staying under it, meant it provision, protection, and connection to the people of God and your destiny. Now notice this, it forms the pattern that God desires his people to be led by the Spirit. Right there in the Old Testament. Now, here's the thing. The guidance in the Old Testament was external and visible. Old Testament, external, outside you, and visible you can see it with your eyes wonderful thing however God's ultimate plan was we would be led by the Spirit but it would be invisible and internal external and visible internal and invisible you say, oh, I wish I had the, I'd like to see the cloud I'd much rather have that that would be much more well that would be called being led by sight rather than by faith So in the New Testament, there's a transition from external guidance to internal guidance where the Spirit comes and lives within you and now you become gathered and we become dispersed and God goes with us everywhere we go. In the previous setup, the tabernacle was only in one place. Now, God's presence can go everywhere in people. That's a much better plan. But we still want the old one where we can see it. But God wants you to understand, his plan is that you be led by the Spirit, the invisible presence of God within you. Not by something you can see, not by something you can necessarily feel, not by something that actually looks favorable, but led by the Spirit within. Those who are led by the indwelling Spirit, they are the sons of God and that being led is a continual lifestyle. Okay, <laughs> so now have a look, and you, you get into the New Testament and you find with Jesus, and you find Jesus, of course, he follows this pattern. And here it is in Luke four, verse one, the example of Jesus, Jesus was led by the Spirit. Uh, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Ghost, he's just now got to 30, he's been water baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, got an open heaven, he returned from the Jordan, and then he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he had a season of fasting and prayer and preparation. So isn't it interesting, he was led by the Spirit Gently led by the Spirit. Where did the Spirit lead him? Did he lead him out to start crusades? Lead him out to start a big ministry deal? Lead him out to confront Rome? No, led him into the wilderness. Led him into the most barren, hostile, terrible place. If you go to Israel next year on the trip, one thing you want to see is the wilderness. It is horrible. It is a terrible, terrible place. No one in their right mind would go there, but he was led by the Spirit for preparation for his destiny. So sometimes the Holy Spirit leads people into what seems to be restrictive, limited circumstances, invisible to everyone else, but he is preparing you through that. For me, that season was in a school of 25 children buried in a little town called Danny It was out of sight of the world, of most New Zealand, in fact. The Lord told me very clearly, this is your place of preparation. Don't buck against it. Learn. Learn where he plants you. Ooh, getting quiet now. People always, I don't feel like it's going well for me. I'll go somewhere else where it feels like it'll be better. The grass is greener. No, it isn't. Not in the things of the spirit. It's just a seduction away from the things that God called you to. Never go where it seems greener unless the Holy Spirit leads you. (laughs) so it says notice this is a bit I like he was led by the spirit now this has got to be a good thing he returned in the power of the spirit verse 14 there is a connection between being led into preparation and returning in power we just want to come up and have it all happen to us in an altar call but there's an actual a personal life preparation that brings power to our lives it's, it's living a life depending on the Holy Spirit and of course you can look at the examples of Jesus and there's a, there's a heaps of them I'll just give you a couple, here's one, what about Lazarus Lazarus Jesus' friend so what they told Jesus, Jesus your friend is sick and dying, come now and what does Jesus do? well he cooks up a meal and he sits down and he takes a little bit of time he just, he just seems to fritter away two days and they said, but it's your friend and he's sick then they finally get there, he's dead now you can understand what they are thinking well, hello, what's up here? You're supposed to love him, he's your friend, why don't you come and fix him and heal him? See they were, they were upset with him. And he said, well if you could believe, you'll see the glory of God. In other words, I was led by the spirit to wait because if I'd come you'd have seen a healing but by waiting you see a man raised from the dead who's been dead four days, which, is gonna have the greater impact. Someone being healed who was lying in a sick bed or someone dead four days and they're in decay and they're recovered. Understand, he said, if you, he said, if you will believe, you'll see something bigger and better. He was led by the Spirit. Now, can you imagine the pressure of having to come and help fix that situation? Hmm. Well, sometimes, you know, God delays, and, and the delay is uh, because He's got something bigger in mind. Don't worry about it. And so we find there's another thing in Mark 1. You find there's 34 and 35. You know, there's a huge crowd. They're all there, and they, they've been doing mighty miracles. The glory of God's there, and the disciples come to him and say, come on, let's go, let's go. They're all waiting, they're all ready to go. And he's been up early and prayed, and he's there by the Holy Spirit to go somewhere else. And so he just says to them, I must go to other, cities and other places to preach. So in other words, the Holy Spirit, by by following the leading of the Spirit, he was able to demonstrate a much greater power and presence of God in the miracle of Lazarus. By following the leading of the Spirit, he was not contained where God wanted him to be contained, he could go and minister right across a nation. That's why we have to be aware of the need at times to release ministries to go out so that the work is bigger than just me and my needs. I can remember when I was making a transition from teaching in a Christian school to pastoring, God spoke to me very clearly about the shift, and I brought it to the leadership. I was surprised at the intense reaction contrary to this, 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 this direction. Until I thought about it and I realized what they want is for me to continue to do what will meet their needs and bless them, and they don't see the bigger thing that God has in mind if I'm released from that to do this. Can you understand, you see, you gotta follow the leadings of the Spirit, and often when we follow the leading of the Spirit, people are not always happy with it, and often the people we think would be happy aren't happy, and particularly family aren't always happy. that's where the most painful and difficult decisions are made when you make decisions to follow the leading of the holy spirit into your course and destiny and family are locked in other thinking and what you contain to do what they think is best for your life oh getting real quiet now i'm talking from experience talking from experience for both of us so where does he lead us and then how does he lead us okay where does he lead us well Let's go back to that first verse again. As many as led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, okay? Now the word, when the Bible uses a word to describe people, it's very careful the words the Holy Ghost uses. And sometimes when they're translated, they don't, we don't see the differences. We need to often look at the language to think what was he saying when he was saying. Now the word that's used there is the word huios, meaning a fully mature son, someone who's grown up. Now the Bible uses other, other terms. So, of course, when you're born again, it says in 1 Peter 2, verse 1, like newborn babes, nepios, someone who's just born and just needs a feed of milk, desire the milk of the Word of God that you can grow. So, so when you're born again, your, your condition is not a son. Your condition is nepios, a little wee infant needing milk, and the nappy's wiped, fixed up. That make sense? Oh, Don't stay there. You don't want to stay there. And in in, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul rebukes the Corinthian church in the first few verses. He He said, I would really want to tell you some mature things. Like you were spiritual people. But he said, instead, you are carnal because you're striving and competing. And someone says, I follow this one. Someone says, I follow that one. You're all in competition. And he said, when you're like that, you're like babes that need, again, just the milk. So so what he's saying then is that our condition can be described in different ways. Nepios, little babe. We could be a technon, a young person, growing young person, or we could be a young man. The Bible calls young men, you are strong and the word of God dwells in you, you've overcome the wicked one. So notice now different words used to describe different phases of growth. So the word you, son, is a fully mature, prepared son, ready to take on his father's business and represent him properly. Okay? Those who are led by the Spirit of God, where's he leading you? He's leading you into sonship. But if you don't know what that means, there's no reason why you would want to be led by the Holy Spirit. But if you are led by the Spirit, the thing he's going to do is lead you into maturity. He's going to want you to grow up. Grow up. Tell somebody to grow up. (laughs) Because church needs to grow up. It's so petty. It's so caught up with trivia. It's like little children, a bunch of little children. Gossiping and criticism, all kinds of things that go on in church. All of that is what you call immature, childish stuff. You've got to grow up. up. If you've been in church years and you're still behaving like that, what's wrong with you? What is wrong? Well, actually, you know what's wrong. It's your heart the condition of your heart. That's right. In other words, you're in the best possible environment, receiving as much as possible, and yet you're not responding. And when we don't respond, then we stay childish. It's a journey for us all. And you never stop learning. I'm learning all the time. I'm thinking, oh man, i got so much to learn. There's so much I don't know. God, I want to learn, I want to grow. And maintaining the hunger, see? And the humility that I actually still need to grow. No matter how much you know, you don't know enough. okay so the holy spirit then is going to lead you you're not no one's born mature you're born a baby and then you become mature as you exercise and grow but you become mature as a Christian by yielding to the holy spirit so the more you surrender the more he's going to lead you to grow up and become mature and a mature person is able to be a blessing to others immature people upset others all the time so, so so, if you're gonna be led by the Spirit, one of the things that you'll have to actually come to address is the self-centered life. Jesus, if you wanna follow me, deny self. That means stop being selfish. Stop thinking about me first. Stop thinking what's in this for me? I'm here, I'm a son of my Father, I'm being led by the Spirit. What's in this for my Father? It's a whole different way of moving from being self-centered and it's all about me and what I get out of it and what I can get from people to actually how can I represent my father and be a son? An idea? Those who are led by the spirit, led by the Holy Ghost, led by the spirit. Now notice this, that the spirit, uh, the, the, the self-centered life will always be fearful and in control, but the Holy Ghost filled life will always be peaceful and flow. It's got a different life. It's a daily thing, daily choice, okay. So the Holy Spirit, notice he's called the spirit of adoption. So in verse Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the spirit, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness of our spirit. We are the children of God. Now notice he's called the spirit of adoption. That doesn't mean you find a person who's got no dad and put him in your family and make him your own. That word, adoption, is the word, whoethesia, to place into full sonship, authority, and responsibility. How about that? So (laughs) that's one of the things the Holy Ghost does. That's one of his key things. He's called the spirit of adoption. That means when you invite the Holy Spirit in, one of the key things he wants to do with you is grow you up. God wants mature sons and daughters who can care for others and invest in others and help others and be a blessing to others. You know, the older kids look after the younger ones. The older kids take on some responsibilities in the home when they, when they grow up. If you're growing up, presumably you've taken on a bit of responsibility. But if you're not taking on responsibility anything, you're immature. Okay then, so, so let's just talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit's assignment then I'll show you how he guides us. Quite, it's not difficult. Okay, so the Holy Spirit establishes. One of the first things he wants to do is, of course, establish your identity, who you are. Who am I? And your relationship with your Father. That's the first thing he wants to establish, is who you are and your relationship with God as your Father. Because without God, we are spiritual orphans. So he said, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God so you should be able to ask answer the question who am I who am I now we attach our identities to many other things we attach it to possessions we attach it to positions we attach it to 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 power we're attached to all kinds of things but our identity needs to be established very clearly from the person within us I am a child of the living God I am a son and daughter of the living God, that's who I am. The Holy Spirit, notice it says it bears witness with your spirit, it's an internal adjustment. So when your life has been attached to other things, you've got to be be willing to yield and let the Holy Spirit show you where you've built your identity and establish it on what God says about you, which is always internal. People build their identity on things external. The Holy Spirit will want to convict you where you've done that and shift you from that idolatry to where it's now internal. Your life is not about the things you possess. You're gonna leave more behind. Your life is not about the position. When you die, then it's all handed over, or maybe then before. It's interesting, when Queen Elizabeth was buried, they took away from the the, uh, coffin every evidence or symbol of the power and authority she had as the queen. Everything was removed. Everything removed, including the title queen. She was buried as an individual person. And that's something. But that's actually godly, because its origins are in the Bible. That's where it comes from. Because whatever status, whatever you've got in the world, you don't exit carrying any of it. You gotta leave it all behind. So if you're gonna leave it all behind, it's not really that important. There must be something more important. It's being established in your identity. I don't want to go into all of that. You can go through one of the courses that are offered here, brilliant courses that are offered, uh, that'll help you with that. But we have to establish our identity as a child of God and repent and abandon other sources. My role, it's not my role. My position, no, my title, no, none of that stuff. Who am I, I'm a child of God. I'm in love with him and he loves me. So the the Holy Spirit bears witness without spirit. That means he confirms inside who you are. Now, the the devil will always get you to shift away from the Word of God and the Spirit of God. He will try to get you, oh, well, I must be bad because I did this. No, you're just a child of God who had a slip. He's under a a difference. See, well, I can't can't really worship because there's all these things I've done. Well, they don't define who you are. They're just things you did. Separate your behavior from you, you are a child of God. You slip up from time to time, but the word says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, though he fall, though he fall, the Lord will lift him up. So you've got to establish your identity is independent of how good you're doing at any point of the time. My children are my children regardless of what's going on in their lives at any point of time. Regardless of whether our relationship is strained or tense or there's difficulties or things have happened, that makes no difference. They're still my children. Their identity is unchanged. It's in their DNA literally. So when you're born again, Spirit of God comes in you. In your DNA is the reality. I am now uh, uh, partly God in me, partly human. I'm a child of God. I'm a unique new creation. Do I do everything right? No, I do dumb stuff a lot of the time. However, that doesn't change who I am. I am a child of God who's in a growth mode. I'm a growing up child of God. If I'm a growing up child of God, will cut me some slacks in case I muck it up on the way. You know, <laughs> that's, you know that's really what it's about, isn't it? Cause, and that's why the church has gotta be full of grace and truth. The truth means help people face stuff. The grace means if they fall over, it's okay. Come on, get up, we love you. Hadn't changed who you are and hadn't changed our relationship with you. you any idea? So the Holy Spirit then matures us. He first establishes our identity. So that's an ongoing thing, so you're secure. Then you're secure. Then you're not insecure. You're not upset by stuff. A lot of people are insecure and upset by, it. you touch this, you touch that, or the thing you know, they're all uppity. Immature. Okay, the Holy Spirit matures us and develops us and it's a process of growth. And so he oversees your journey and uses everything that happens to you to grow you. Come on. All things work together for good, for those who love the Lord, Love the Lord means I intend to keep his commandments and do what pleases him, and I called according to his purpose. In other words, I've embraced his call and I'm doing my best to love him. Then everything, even if it's dumb stuff and bad stuff and upheaval stuff, no matter what it is, it all works. God uses it to shape you to become the man and woman of God he wants you to be. I mean, that's a great, that's a great freedom in life, isn't it? Eh? Don't worry about stuff happening. Who knows what's gonna happen next? Every day's full of some new surprise you know really that's life you can't control it all so just work on the basis that god can use everything to grow me if i just respond to the leading of the spirit he will conform me to become christ-like now what happened Well, someone did something some dumb thing they spoke against me they betrayed me did this okay it's painful now face your pain lean into god lean upon the holy spirit grow up and get love coming back into your heart and love the person forgive the person now you've grown so what was meant for evil turned for good well, you, can't, you can't lose. If you just respond to the Holy Spirit, you can't lose ever. Everything will work for your good. And you have to understand, he said, when he says he's the spirit of adoption, adoption is yet to come for believers. Adoption is yet to come. I, I can't go off into that. But here it is, said, it says in verse 17, 18, and it says, if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and joint ears with Christ. If we suffer with him, In other words, if we walk and identify with him and go through hardships of following him, that we may be glorified together with him. For I consider the sufferings of this present time or age not worthy compared to the glory yet to be revealed in us. So there's something God is yet to reveal to the world because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We know the whole creation is groaning and laboring with birth pangs until now. Here it is, verse 23. Not only that, but we have the first fruits of the spirit, even we groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting the adoption, which means the resurrection, the redemption of our body, the first resurrection. So notice there that this is the great hope of all believers is that our body, which is ache and pains and humiliating, will be changed and transformed at the coming of Christ. This is the great hope of the church. You will be resurrected, but there are two resurrections and if we will purify ourselves and journey and walk with him, we will make that first resurrection. It's called the great hope. It's called a hope that causes us to press on and remain diligent. Okay, and then the Holy Spirit leads and guides us daily and he does it in two principal ways. I'll get to the one I wanna focus on. He, he does it through the word of God. You need to look and read and study the word of God. It's got the principles for success in life. It's got the ways of God are written in the words of God. Make the Bible something you love to study and learn and grow to know it and many times you may not get a prompting or any kind of big thing but you know the principle of the word you can act from the principle like the bible says honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may go well for you may live long okay you want life to go well here's a principle honor your parents now violate it there's consequences so very clearly you need to learn what the word of God says The Word of God's got a lot to say about sexual immorality. Those who practice these things shall not inherit the coming kingdom. You've got to understand, we live in a permissive culture, but what people don't understand is the great inheritance God has for those who walk with him. So the principles of the Word. But here's what we want to get to, and that is the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. Now, how's he going to do it? He's going to primarily do it from within by bearing witness with your spirit. It'll be a guidance within. Now he's got many channels he can use to speak to you. He could use the word of God, someone preaching, a message on a tape, CD, something. He could use some person to speak to you. And in the middle of them speaking, suddenly you feel the witness inside God is trying to get my attention on something. It could be an unsaved person and they're having a rant at you and suddenly as you're listening in the middle of it, you see God is showing you there's a character he's wanting you to change. I mean, there's lots of ways. It could be a prophetic word comes and suddenly it wears witness. God is wanting to lead you and direct you. So it can come through so many channels. It can come through creation, just going out and being in nature. And in that time, suddenly as you become more aware of God, you start to become aware of the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So lots of avenues. It can be through music. So, So God is not limited how he gets the message to you what you gotta to learn to do is tune in in your spirit to recognize it. That that is God speaking to me through that. I like I remember watching the movie, it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and at the very end there was, this, there was this dance and they played this music. And when this music came in, I felt tears come. I thought, what is that? This is an Aunty movie. You don't cry in Aunty movies. What is this? And I asked the Lord to show me what was the trigger for my feelings like this? And he brought me back to something when I was 18 and the pain associated with that music. And said it's time to resolve it. Can you understand? So God can use many channels, but the key is not the channel he uses, but that you witness in your spirit, that you become aware in your spirit. This is the primary way God speaks to you from within in your spirit. Your spirit, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's right. No, that troubles me. Yeah, I should do that. No, that's bad. Peace, He he does it through that way. And so there's lots of ways you can do it. And so if you want to be led by the spirit, there's a couple of things to do, and then this is how he does it. The first thing is position yourself for God to lead you. Not just assume He's going to lead you. Position yourself for it, and position yourself for it. The primary thing is you're hungry for God. You have a hunger for God. Hunger for him and you spend time with him. That's how you get to be led by the spirit. The second thing is, build a strong spirit man. Build a strong spirit. Now you're gonna be led by something. So if your soul is strong, you'll be led by your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions. If your spirit is strong, you can be led by the Holy Ghost. Build your spirit. If your body is the thing that governs your life, you'll be led by hunger and whatever, desire for this and that. In other words, you'll be led by feelings. So build your spirit. If you want to be led by the spirit, don't make this a random thing. This is a lifestyle. Intentionally build your spirit man. So how could I build my spirit man? And then how do I hear when God's speaking to me? Okay, how do we build the spirit man? A few simple ways. Number one, pray strongly in tongues. Build your spirit man. He that prays in unknown tongue builds himself. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. Build, strengthen your spirit man. Strong praying in tongues. Also meditate. Picture and hold in your mind the truth. Christ is in me. Every time you arise in tongues, the Spirit of God is arising within you. Christ is in you. A hope of the glory of God is seen on your life in the future. So arise, picture it, God is with me. God is leading me, guiding me. Put it in a picture form, hold it, meditate on what God says about this. And then quiet yourself and become still so you can hear God speak. Intentionally still yourself. Now don't be so passive that you fall asleep. It just means you're stilling your thoughts and your mind by focusing your attention on the Lord with a desire to hear now when the holy spirit speaks its characteristics will be number one it'll be inside your spirit number two it'll be gentle because he's gentle number three it'll be spontaneous it suddenly comes well there it is and 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 therefore it's easily cut off because he's gentle if you if you won't listen or get busy with something else suddenly it all goes just like that just stops shuts off like he stopped talking to you it's what happens so you gotta actually welcome when he's starting to speak and pour into your life and, and start to give you something. But it'll always be there and it'll be flowing as he speaks, it'll come in a number of forms. How would you feel it? When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, probably the primary way you, you, is you feel a peace. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule your heart. If you feel peace, he's leading you. If you feel agitated, something is causing your spirit to be alarmed, stop. He can lead you by putting a thought into your mind. Suddenly in the middle of worship, suddenly a thought comes. You think, oh, what? And it's a quickening thought. It's like, that's a good, healthy, good thought. I should write it down before I forget it. See? Sometimes you'll be just maybe in praying, and then a picture impression will come. See, it, it just, it's, it's gentle, spontaneous, it flows into your spirit and comes up into your mind, and suddenly it's spontaneously there, you have an impression. You may feel agitated, you may feel peace something. So oftentimes, he just leads us through peace. If you're feeling at peace and you've prayed about it and at peace about it, you just move forward in what you plan. But if you're agitated, stop. If your wife is agitated, stop. Walk in unity. Walk in unity. Better to have unity than to push on just anyway. (laughs) Maybe she's the Holy Ghost warning you. (laughs) That's the truth of it, isn't it? Okay then. So, so there it is. That's it's. So it flows. It's quite simple. May just come as a stirring. You feel stirred to do something. You can be in the middle of a meeting and then someone's preaching and you don't even remember what they preached about, all you know is you felt the stirring in your spirit. Like, I need to, was rose up out of nowhere. That's the Holy Spirit leading. Now, what if I need guidance? Now, we need guidance in lots of areas. You need guidance in marriage, you need guidance in business and work, faith. We need the Holy Ghost to help us all the time. Yeah. So, here's one of the simple things. When you come to him, don't come with an agenda. If you come with an agenda, well, I got what I want, now confirm it for me. You're going to hear what you wanted. That's why a lot of people hear the wrong things. They thought they heard God. Actually, they heard what was in their own heart. It's called praying to God with an idol in your heart. You've already decided what you want. You set your mind on it. Now you come to God asking him to, to guide you. Or I've made my decision, now bless it. We find out that people come to us as pastors. And they come they tell them, I've decided to do this. And they've come to ask if I, my opinion on it. There's no, I don't have any opinion on it. You've already decided. No, no reason to have any opinion at all. You've made your decision. You're not coming for advice. You're wanting me to confirm your decision. I'm not willing to do that. Very good. Even God won't do that. That's right. If you've made your decision, go with it. <laughs> <laughs> see how it works out. And then, when it's not worked out too good, see if you'll have the humility to turn to me and ask where it went wrong. And you will take you back to where you had your strong self-will and you had this thing. you're going to have it anyway, and you ask God to bless it. It doesn't work that way. If you want him to bless things, just submit them to him. It's okay, Lord. One way or the other, I'm quite happy. However this works out, Lord, I just come. And a lot of the things in getting guidance is to come to the place where you just submitted that I'm happy with whatever pleases you, Father. And you might say, well, what's the desire you've got in your heart? And you'll find more and more, once you've learned to surrender to the Holy Spirit, He will expect you to come up with what you desire and what you're dreaming about in your heart. And the, the guidance of God is connected to the Holy Spirit and also the desires of your heart. Because now you're not wanting dumb stuff, you're actually wanting things that are about destiny and future and blessing and so on. Yes, now, what if you don't hear God? There's some reasons why. and that Praying with an idol in your heart's one reason. Lots of other reasons. Offences will stop you hearing God and being guided by the Holy Ghost. Uh, Having offenses in your heart will always block the leading of the Holy Spirit. The only thing you'll hear is forgive him. (laughs) I don't want to hear that. I want to hear something else. (laughs) Too bad. Until we got that sorted out, there won't be any flow. It's like an obstacle in the river, damming your life up. So so there are all sorts of things can do. uh, So those are some of the things that stop us it's not complex not rocket science you notice it's actually being led and actually taking full ownership of your decisions that you made the decision and if it wasn't so good maybe you missed it on the way that's okay to miss it on the way where did i miss it how did i miss it what can i learn move on never get condemned by the fact sometimes i didn't get it right sometimes when we get it wrong, we need to repent because we realize, actually, I was quite willful. There was pride. I was resistant to counsel. And so I, so I need to actually repent and then come back into being able to hear clearly again. I mean, it's not such a thing. And of course, we need this guidance all the time. you got kids. You need guidance over your kids. God can show you things about what's going on in their lives. And then they wonder how you know. God told me, you know, that kind of stuff. You get things come in your marriage. You need help in your marriage. I tell couples, first turn to the Lord individually, then when you come to talk together, you'll have a better attitude and be able to resolve problems. Otherwise you come and you both wanna make the other one agree with you. Never gonna work. And you need guidance in relationships. Why well, don't come and tell me, oh, the Lord told me. Get some advice from around you to see and look and see if there's fruit of God being in the relationship. So God's got certain ways he guides us. He guides us by his spirit and he guides us in agreement with his word. He will never guide you by his spirit to violate his word. He will guide you by the inner witness of the spirit and may confirm that through people around you. That's why we belong to a body. And we have people that we can share our lives with who are wise and they can give us wisdom. Now, if you're gonna share and ask people to what they think of your advice, do go to someone who's successful in that area. (laughs) Don't ask someone who's a total financial failure whether you should make this decision with your finances. That is just being just absolutely silly, foolish. But rather, make a decision. God, you dwell within me. You're leading me. You're leading me into my identity. You're leading me to become Christ-like. You're leading me to fulfill your course in my life. I thank you, Lord, today I'm led by the Spirit. And you build it around your prayers. You pray on the Spirit. You surrender your heart, surrender your inner man. Surrender your ears, thank you, Lord, today. I hear your voice clearly and I instantly obey. Thank you, Holy Ghost, you're speaking to me. I yield my ears, the ears of my inner man, the years, is my outer man, to hear your voice clearly. Thank you, you're leading me and guiding me. I desire to do the things that please you. See, you flow in prayer like that. You could do that. How many of you could do that? Yeah. Every one of you can be led by the Holy Ghost. Every one of us can be led by the Spirit. Why don't we just stand up right now? This is the greatest thing that's happened to us. we got the Holy Ghost. We get our worship team up again. And let's just uh, reach out now for the Holy Ghost to come and start to come on us. Come on, let's receive what he has. Oh, yes. I want you just to pray in tongues. Pray in the spirit now till you start to feel your spirit flowing. stay engaged right now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Just come, come. Bob, just stand there right now. Lift your hands up. Presence of God is about to fall on you, fall mightily on you. Holy Spirit, let your presence, let your power, just come mightily upon him right now. Father, you know that thing he's been praying about. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I take authority of every spirit of accusation, every spirit assigned to condemn,
1: in Jesus' name. Loose right now. Loose them and set them free. Thank you, Lord. The presence of God is all over Here it is. Now fill them with joy. Fill them with exceeding joy. Fill them with exceeding joy. Quickly come, come. Come, wants to touch you. Lift your hands. There's a rumor of the Spirit of God starting to flow right now. I just see the Spirit of God arising on your life. God is activating the gift of prophecy. He's activating again what you once operated again. That gift is stirring up inside your life. The Lord says, as you'll stretch, you're going to have words, visions. You're going to see things. The Lord's going to flow through you in a powerful way. Here it comes. Anointing, Holy Ghost, come on him right now. Spirit of God, I break the intimidation off your life. I release that anointing right now. Holy Spirit, fill him, fill fill We activate that gift of prophecy in Jesus' name. There it is, Pray presence of God. Whew. Holy Ghost, come, there it is right now. Just take all the weight of that business of his life, Lord. Just release it right now. Joel, God's wanting to bring a freedom, a greater freedom into your life. Much greater freedom. I just see the Lord
0: saying he's going to bring a rest into your life and a new joy, a new level of joy. I see you starting to reach to minister to people boldly in the spirit, boldly and with authority. Lord, let your anointing just come on it right now. Come Holy Ghost. Here it comes. Here it comes. Three, two, one. Power. Power. Touch your Lord right now. Let the power of the Lord come upon her right now. Holy Spirit,
1: come, come quickly, come, 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 come. Thank you, Lord. Touch him, touch him. God is going to
0: release creativity, creativity, creative ideas. You've seen God do many, many things. This is just the beginning of it. He's going to give you many, many doorways into the community. Many doors of favor. Many doors to bring back to cause evangelism, to cause transformation of lives. It's going to be firstly through finances. Then it's. going To come through creativity, it'll come through music, it's going to come through the dance and drama, it's going to come in a variety of ways. God's releasing great favor. There's a generation to be equipped in the realm of the spirit. There's a generation He's calling you to
1: engage and equip to move and flow with the Holy Spirit. A generation of warriors, young warriors, young warriors, young warriors, young men, young women, warriors. He's causing you to raise up a new breed just as Joshua. Raised up a new generation to possess the land. He's raising up a new generation. Young men, young women. They'll speak the word of God boldly. They'll pray for people. Don't wait till they've grown up. Don't wait till they mature. Lead them into how to engage the Spirit and work with the Spirit and minister the Spirit. Now, Holy Ghost, come on them right now. Let that favor come now. Now, now. Spirit of God, touch, 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 touch. Holy Ghost, fire! Come upon his life right now. Come on, this, for many people today, this would be a chance for a fresh touch of God. Don't don't waste time now. I noticed the Spirit of God touching people who are just lifting their hands and hungry. Why don't you just come right now? Come right now. If you need to leave, that's fine. But just come. We get our worship ministry team. Could you come and help with the ministry to people? God is wanting to empower people today. There's a fresh presence of God. Yes. Great oh, I sense the glory coming. Thank you, Lord, for the flow of the prophetic.
2: Thank you for the flow of your anointing. You the flow of your power. Cuts in heaven. Let's come and break this. How great, how great. Here comes the glory, and the glory. comes the glory.